0: you are listening to oblivion oh gosh what day is it today 9 19 2022
1: september's rolling on by
0: rolling 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 <laughs> uh, so what's this uh, about uh biden says it's uh it's over <clears throat>
1: It's the uh Oliver Cromwell School of Epidemiology. (laughs) You just make anything be true because it suits your purposes. Cromwell, of course, was the uh Steve Bannon for uh (laughs) Henry the Eighth and uh Henry VIII the documentaries, mm-hmm. a film with, uh, Richard Burton and jean Yves uh, have been circulating mm-hmm. on the television because of course of the,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right. I mean, uh, Cromwell was the, um, the right hand man. He was the Steve Bannon for, uh, Henry VIII and, uh, Henry VIII has been, uh, films and documentaries about <clears throat> Henry VIII have been circulating on television because of the death of Queen Elizabeth. And then I, I was asking you, uh, by the way, did you know that Queen Elizabeth died?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a big parade. Was that what that was all about?
1: I mean, I just don't see how anything can be. I mean, death <laughs> is so final. It's not like a marriage where I can see that kind of being drawn out and. Look, they're waving and uh it's just I've it's one of the most over the top and self serious
0: Yeah. Okay, you know. 20, 24 hours to see a box. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right.
0: You know, they didn't they, the least they could have done was to have like done linen style and had him in a had her in a glass thing. Uh where everybody could see her, but shit talk about so they
1: did that with um with uh, Lenin yeah
0: the, yeah Lenin the... was in the yeah had his own their tomb that was kind of part of Stalin's uh, you know uh, cult of personality thing where he had <clears throat> I mean this was for he was sitting on view for like 50 years they did a heck of a job on uh poor Lenin uh, <laughs> but he had his own mausoleum there off of Red Square or maybe it was in Red Square, I don't know, but uh yeah, that was a feature of life. You could go in, see linen, dear linen. But uh so yeah, kinda kinda boring, yeah. Just what you'd expect of the the British Empire. You know, stodgy. Right. Uh stuffy stuffy just uh very boring
1: is is a good word that you know i i overlooked but yeah it's just and how can you make something that is just so boring seem emotional right when you've got all these other things going on that clearly are emotional and important and the one example i came up with is pakistan and nothing shows the hierarchy of the world like all the media spending weeks i mean how long has she freaking been dead like it i can't even what day was it it's been over a week hasn't it
0: yeah yeah
1: but then you have pakistan where one in seven people is living in the open air i mean they've suffered the whole country suffered a catastrophe and predictably there hasn't been any attention to it i mean i want to know what's going on are those people getting help are they getting aid are they getting uh money i want to see it happen to the extent that i can and i know it's not just token footage that's done for the cameras while everybody else is uh starving or melting uh being eaten by (laughs) you know lions and um,
0: tigers oh my
1: wild animals that uh, we've never even heard of over here in America, because since we're good Christians, you know, God keeps some of the really, really bad animals away. Um, Thank God. Yeah, man. But um, the the over-the-top coverage of Queen Elizabeth ignoring Pakistan, of course, not talking about climate change, what's actually being done about that. Uh, and it just goes to show you the way that the La La Land that face-based mentality for uh, Americans, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but there was a, a storm stories on de- uh deadline to disaster on the weather channel. And the weather channel does good programming. Uh of course they don't cover politics like these other networks do. So they're in some ways they're um they have that advantage going for them. They can they can actually do honest straight to the point reporting about something that people aren't going to get pissed off about because they don't think about the weather the way they think about politics um anyway and i i noticed this with many of these programs um uh where they uh, basically feature a pretty serious tornado hitting an area uh, washington illinois Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Joplin, Missouri, of course, is the big one. There was one on last night about Iowa, and there were a number of tornadoes that hit uh, the central part of the state within range of uh, like four towns that weren't that far away, uh, and they were pretty destructive. One of them hit a place called uh, Pella, Iowa, where that's where they have the Pella plant, right? And they were the company was having a reception and the tornado was coming to actually hit the plant. Well anyway, the point is uh no one winds up dying in any of the four towns that are hit by the tornadoes. Uh extensive damage, especially at the Pella plant, but everyone was fine. And of course every last single person who they interviewed, they'd say how they're a person of faith and they think it's a miracle. Right. They um, there's little attention, at least on the part of the people being interviewed, to the warning systems, right? And even though their own narrative, like in their own words, they are constantly recounting about how either, well, I got this radar app on, and so I could see it. I was getting texts, like my phone went off, like it's science, right? The science makes this technology, and science also produces meteorology, which is pr- produces the knowledge that people can have some idea why the weather is doing what it's doing and what it's going to do, right? These people themselves will say this, like they hear the sirens going off, they can do this empirical thing called, look out the window, (laughs) look, it's dark, huh? You know, look at that debris, I wonder if something's going on, right? All of these things, but then in their recap, it always has to go back to the Christ child, and their faith, right, not that, well, those sirens hadn't gone off. Um, if people hadn't mobilized and, you know, known what was going on and gotten into the place where again, this would be engineering says this is the place to go when one of these disasters is about to strike. That's why nobody got killed, like we should be giving credit to the the science, right, and to the and to the warning systems. But people don't want to do that because in the big picture, they don't want to reinforce science. They have to reinforce their faith. And I guess that could uh, bring us to one of my favorite topics of late, which is uh, deacon Andy Bashir. I'm not even going to call him governor anymore because he doesn't even attempt to act in a – secular fashion. I think it's clear that Bashir went into the office of governor that he was just going to be this uh, preacher and type of uh, person and just steward Kentucky through the next four years of timeless Christian conservatism in which Kentucky lives.
0: So what what's been his a recent um, um, deaconish behavior?
1: Well, I don't know that recently that he's uh, he's done anything um, I mean he doesn't have to <laughs> yeah but I'm mainly going back to his comments about uh, saying that he didn't feel like he could uh, attribute the disastrous yeah. flooding in eastern Kentucky uh, back in August to uh, climate change and i don't think he should be let off the hook just because he hasn't said that um uh, in the last three days and- because climate change is a is an ongoing issue right it's not like that flood and that one thing that bashir said it's indicative of a mentality that i think Bashir is perpetuating which is an anti-science distorted so much on the side of faith. Um, And it, it really robs the citizens of Kentucky of having some kind of political secular leadership, right? There's a void in the state. There is no secular leader, right? Like I'm not here to talk about God and faith and just to say prayers. Prayers and pray. I mean Bashir has definitely overused that response and it just shows that he's plastic and shallow and empty.
0: Plastic people. Oh baby.
1: I mean, do you think I'm um
0: You're being I'm, you're being mean. Stop being so mean
1: being mean to father andy but anyway in terms of biden saying that the uh the pandemic is over the world health organization has not said this right and so it's interesting if you're a democrat if you're a member of team blue and uh you're always <clears throat> regaling the republicans and the and donald trump and his followers about ignoring the science um why would you listen to your president right it's again it's about what roles are these people playing like bashir is there to be the governor right he's not there to act as a religious leader he's there to act as a public leader a leader of the public right this is not a congregation the commonwealth of kentucky right it's a place in the world where people live it's a state in a nation in the world um and and uh, kentucky you know doesn't doesn't have that kind of a public leader with biden biden is not a scientist right he is a political leader and so you've got the you know the governor that has to act like a preacher and the president who just suddenly is going to take off his aviator glasses and look through a microscope i guess and then tell us that the pandemic is over and it's still over 400 deaths a day uh, which is dangerous and that's a lot although it is true that there's been a significant, a statistically significant decline in the uh, hospitalizations and death, uh, I think going back since to spring uh, to to April. But um, as always, uh, and this point was made uh, early on in 2020, when it became a regular thing to talk about these things called statistics, right? I mean, the Statistics are always in proportion to uh, the actual numbers themselves. And the the thing to note is, like, there's been this significant decrease, but that's because not that long ago, the number of deaths and hospitalizations was just insane. The 3,000 a day were dying. And of course, this country, like everything else, like the Afghanistan war, um, it's ne- neglect of, of, of people, the bailout, uh, it's just never going to, to face it. I mean, it's just... the da-
0: David, the uh, average uh, deaths right now are 464 a day. So apparently this is, you know, uh, now normal. I mean, they've... Uh, this right, is and Biden normal. was
1: throwing out all of this jibber jabber about how uh, this isn't the new normal. It's getting better. It will get better, right? <laughs> just get those. Like he doesn't even really try to say sentences. He just says, yes. you know, normal, new normal, better, better, better,
0: <laughs> progress.
1: Uh, yeah. Midterms are coming up. I got a campaign. Pandemic's over. It's over. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what Donald Trump would be saying if he were president. We've done a great job, it's over. You know, I mean, Trump did it at the beginning. Like it's it's not even starting because there's really nothing to worry about. And then Biden is gonna come in and say it's over when it isn't over. The most important thing is, you know, it's a it's a lie. It's a self-serving lie. But it isn't his place to say. It isn't any one of these politicians' places to say. And this is the big joke, the big hypocrisy of the American people, is they're always talking about how they love freedom and how they're against big government, right? But then they willingly let the government play all of these other roles. Like we don't have a World Health Organization, we don't have a Center for Disease Control. We don't have any medical schools or any epidemiologists these people are not allowed to play any kind of leadership role right in the uh, in our society in our governance right when there's when there's a public health emergency the the president and the the governors should be getting out of the way because they don't know really what's going on and what to do that's why you have this thing called collaboration and organized behavior where you follow best practices so that when the emergency requires the expertise of the epidemiologist the epidemiologists take over. That's how it should work. You know, I want engineers building the bridge, right? I don't want Sam Alito or Oliver Cromwell or Joe Biden building the bridge. You want people who know what they're talking about, being the ones that that issue these kind of statements. Politically, just think about this. And and as I understand, uh, this is not a scenario that's been ruled out as we get into uh, the fall, and the weather gets starts to uh, turn cold. It's possible that we may yes, (laughs) have another surge because no, the pandemic isn't over, which means the virus is still out there. Like it's just, the virus is a virus and it doesn't behave and operate in adherence to the whims of human culture, right? It, It's the same virus doing the same thing that it was in 2020. Uh, certainly if you're, older if you're among the most vulnerable if you're immunocompromised this remains a significant threat and so behaving like it isn't even if maybe it isn't to you um is really just a a crime against these other people right who still can't really circulate or do anything or enjoy any of the basics of being alive, <laughs> they have to continue to hide from everyone because people won't wear masks and they're so desperate to think that it's over. Uh, but here is something, uh, and this, this has been in the news, while the deaths and the hospitalizations are down, there's really been an increase in the attention to long COVID. Hmm. And apparently over the last year, it's something like uh, around uh of people who were infected after their infection uh, long COVID set in. And I would really be quite concerned about that. Uh, I mean, the thought of being sick for a year would be something I would for sure want not to happen. Uh, And so so, uh,
0: so I'm I'm assuming that um, forecasts predictions are for there to be a surge again uh, in the winter months. Um, Right. And if so, so, it's an interesting political um, implications. Right. If it starts surging like right. When. um, November rolls around. Yeah. I mean, uh, I assume that would hurt Biden. Right. Because it's like, oh, shit. Well. He said it was over.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I was going to point out is, so you're the Republicans. If there's a surge, you just, all you have to do is, is replay the 60 minutes interview. The pandemic's over. The pandemic's (laughs) over. Of course, it would be the typical hardcore hypocrisy of the Republicans. Like they're the ones who have denied it all along and uh, always could Just in the most sickening and, and callous way deflect everything. Like when uh, Mississippi was like, the worst place in the world for COVID. Right? The governor just kept saying oh, uh we're doing this and this and uh just never acknowledged like what a horrible job that um uh, that he and state officials were doing to to get this under control and just you know letting people get sick and die. But the Republicans could very easily play Joe Biden saying the pandemic is uh is not over and then show you <clears throat> the ICUs filling up again mm-hmm. but it was just one of these uh again it's a lie that's the most important thing to, to take away from it um and not wanting to direct our attention to the science right a good leader would say we should be listening to the world health organization we should be listening to people like uh Fauci and Osterholm and uh, and deborah burks we should be listening to these epidemiologists and still encouraging the wearing of, of masks which is a totally easy non-intrusive thing to do that that does go a long way in keeping people safe um and would allow more people to somewhat comfortably participate uh in in society um but well, yeah with the, that's that's the, fri- that's
0: friggin totally over i mean i I rarely see a mask anymore I mean the occasional ancient person uh here and there usually right right um but uh yeah and i I'm guessing if there's another peak this winter there'll be something of if people will start getting paranoid and uh putting their masks back on uh to a certain extent right. Oh, no, I don't but think so be, at all. But it'll be too late. Um, right. Right. When they finally do get them on, they've already been around. Right. <laughs> Probably like. Chris. It's already
1: spread. And the point is not to let it spread. Right? You yeah. don't. It's just like with climate change. The The only way to prove doubters wrong. Is. That it's too late. Right. Not only would the disaster be totally upon you. um. But dude, like, you can't reverse it. It's like driving off a cliff. Like there's a cliff there. There's a cliff there. No, there's not. No, I'm a person of faith. I I don't think that uh, that's, that's true. You know, I think that you're just trying to take away my freedom because you're telling me I can't drive the car the way that I want to drive it. By the time you've gone off that cliff... Even then, I think most Americans would still say, no, we haven't gone off the cliff. <laughs> but even for the few that might be like, oh my God, right? Because they would act for a moment, live in their senses. Um. They would... Um. um it, it's, it's too late, right? Once you've driven off the cliff, <laughs> you, you've crashed.
0: Uh, yeah. So I wanted to... Um... Uh, last Sunday, uh, or I guess that was yesterday, uh, the uh, headline from the Sunday paper of the New York Times was, How Russian Trolls Helped Keep the Women's March Out of Lockstep As American Feminists Came Together in 2017 to Protest Donald Trump, Russia's Disinformation Machine Set About Deepening the Divides Among Them. <laughs> so... Sounds Uh,
1: like Rachel Maddow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So Russia is the reason that the women's march, uh, didn't, um, you know, it couldn't be any, any other, you know, uh, misogyny, right. General misogyny, I guess. Um, because when you go down into the article, it's like, um, you know, the Linda Sarsour, the main woman that uh, organized that, uh, and she ended up moving to Louisville cuz there was so much action on the Brianna Taylor thing uh they moved the, her organization down to Louisville <clears throat> but uh she instantly got about a lot of hate online right and uh but then they're kind of making the uh trying to push this idea that most of much of the hate online that divided then and and made fizzled out the so-called women's movement from this march. Um, You know, it was the Russians. Uh, It was the Russians. So, you know, not taking into account some other factors, which is like there was a shallowness to the whole march, right? It was... um, um, It didn't have a program behind it. It was like, were women... And we don't like this women hater and he won of course they had it set up before uh the election so it wasn't like you know it wasn't uh, made just as a response to uh losing the election i guess it would have been quite a different thing i mean would have people even have shown up to the women's march if hillary had uh had won the election i don't know but uh,
1: well, I would even take it a f- further step back and uh, I would uh, question the whole uh, setup that um, there is this misogyny because I, I would I would first of all I would point out that that the woman won the popular vote. Yeah. So a misogynist country, in a misogynist country, the woman wouldn't get more votes than the man. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Uh, well, and, and the, the re- then there's the other statistic that uh, um, a majority of of white women voted for Trump. So. Uh,
1: right. And, the, and so if we think of misogyny as men disliking women mm-hmm. uh, and that men are the problem. Um, but it's just like the thing with The New York Times is it just it sounds like more of the same old totally artificial manufactured news of these elite people have decided there this is the story right the mm. the russians putin's bad and the russians have waged this um social media campaign against americans and so americans bless their hearts the good people uh who can't be expected to be responsible for their own thoughts <laughs> Uh, because they have to be on social media all the time which we could never criticize that you know their whole identity has to be constructed uh online um uh, since we're since we're going to run with that story let, that let me of all
0: let me let me go sure. um, um, just uh, follow up on on the article some of the things i was thinking about on the Linda's. Sarsour is a, a Palestinian American activist. So you kind of wonder is some, something like that part of the reason uh, uh, not only that she, um, her organizations were under negative pressure from outside, I wouldn't doubt that parts of the U.S. government, or, you know, Israeli government, along with, uh, you know, there's not much difference, Israeli and U.S. government policies are lockstep together uh, mm-hmm. you know they did some of this poison pilling and negative <laughs> mm-hmm. tweets and you know because here they say 152 different russian accounts produced material about her public archives of twitter accounts known to be russian contain 2642 tweets that doesn't sound like many tweets about uh her and uh according to the uh, analysis by Advanced Democracy Inc., nonpartisan, non profit organization. All right. Uh so um, and then they did they did mention that she had some f- relationship with Louis Farrakhan. Uh again, you know, I've I'm thinking of uh, uh Democrats uh hating people like her, right? Uh Right and behind the scenes shitting on it, uh, while um, you know it's it's lauded otherwise, uh, out to the other side of the mouth. Uh, yeah, so but
1: uh, it just seems like such um, well, artificial and, and
0: the RussiaGate thing, right? It just right. It stinks of RussiaGate. They're still kind of Being semi that
1: into the ground.
0: Yeah,
1: like I mean, it's, it still hasn't gone anywhere. Right. I mean, and now that was, remains, that was news I...
0: in the last week was that uh, Ukraine was pushing back and making big gains. Right. Which, uh, well, I is, mean, is that un- I think it... is understandable since we are pouring like billions of dollars a week worth of weapons in there. Uh, uh, although I didn't I did see a, a little uh, blurb that it was uh, Biden decided not to send um uh, some long-range missiles, because the fear of that it would be per- so, too provocative, right? Like you know, a high chance of nuclear war kind of move, right? So,
1: right. It, it, so the, the it, yeah the real story is that uh, we are in effect at, at war with Russia.
0: Oh, of course, hundred percent.
1: Rather rather than talking about this, um, uh, what I <laughs> mean, this. Uh, whatever it is about how the woman's movement was sabotaged from mm-hmm.
0: without, yeah,
1: the inside. I mean, I, my account. I guess they're talking about the the Me Too movement and then the big like the the Pussy Hats march.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, had... that was that was the women's march, which Linda S- Sarsour was the. Uh, one that put it together of course it became much right. bigger that, I would it became say nation is- it wouldn't have been nationwide if hillary had won right because it was it was set up long before um you know the election uh
1: you know oh it was right right i yeah. thought it i thought it was mainly a, a response well i i still think that i think that that well, was all mainly a response to- well yeah
0: it being nationwide like i was saying it would have just been one like a little rally there on the
1: but, but let Long. me just say, I, I think there's a difference between a march and a movement. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the big problem with this whole story is there was no movement to be broken up in the first place. Like well, there that's was what they this... ref-
0: that's what they refer to right here. I mean, many people know the story about how the Women's March movement fractured, leaving lasting scars on the American left.
1: So the phrase that they used is women's march movement. So it was both a march and a movement.
0: So so here is, they had a link uh, to, and when it said fractured, this was the link that came up. Women's March, world by accusations of anti-Semitism. I knew it because she was a Palestinian. <laughs> uh, so, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the Lib- American liberals are notorious for you know, the anti-Semite, mm-hmm. but the real fracture happened in 2016. The 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 fracture of the within the non-conservative uh, group demographic of Americans happened during the 2016 primary between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. That's when it became clear that the majority of Democrats were were going to take yet another hard step to the right and 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 back an even more conservative candidate than the Obamacon and then Bill Clinton before the Obamacan. Right? So because this is this is after all of these wars, after the vote for the Iraq war by Hillary Clinton after the bailout and the choice by uh, Eric Holder and the Obamacan not not to um, jail the bankers. (laughs) So of course they had to get on board with her and then to make it worse as the general election approached um, and because Bernie Sanders wouldn't uh, concede the way the Hillary supporters uh, wanted, the Bernie supporters were immediately pegged with being uh, misogynists. Right. And then <clears throat> that label uh, became all the more convenient when Trump actually won uh, because of the Electoral College, not because of the popular vote, which yeah. Hillary Clinton won, which I, I, again, insist that in a misogynist society, the woman would not have gotten more votes than the man. Right. Um. But that further served to basically uh, align Sanders supporters with, of all people, the Trump people, because what it has in common is that they're both these older men, and you hate women, and you just can't stand the thought of a woman being president. So the only reason you would have ever supported Bernie Sanders couldn't it be that you actually liked him. If you didn't like Hillary Clinton, the only reason could have been is that she's a woman. And then when these... Women, Hillary Clinton supporters, uh, the jockstraps, I'm going to call them, when the jockstraps didn't get what they wanted, <laughs> and and uh, and Donald Trump became president, these women just went crazy and started uh, slandering and attacking uh, everyone, especially men, and anyone who didn't pare it back to them what they believed, which is that Hillary was the greatest, and it had to be Hillary, and the thing that is wrong with society is men and get the men out, get the women in and everything will be fine. That's totally co- contradicted, not only by the fact that, as you pointed out, women voted for Trump more than men did. Right. I mean, a majority of women voted for Trump. And then, um, um, it's also, uh, uh contradicted, um, by the fact that it was women who got the ball rolling on the overturning of Roe versus Wade. You have the Mississippi attorney general, a woman. You have Kristi Noem in South Dakota. You have many other women in powerful positions. I mean, governor is a a powerful uh, position and they are exactly like the conservative Republican men who held office before them. So there's nothing whatsoever to suggest that just because a person is a woman, that they'll that their politics will be any different than a man. When the obvious explanatory factor is the culture, right? That all of these people come from the same culture. And the culture is bonkers, far right, conservative, warmongering, Overcrowd the prisons, let the rich have all the money, power monger, anti-science, just a joke, right? So yeah, of all the things to come up with, like break the women's movement, Russia campaign. Uh I'm glad you brought up the New York Times because the New York Times uh recently did a did a piece that I think um is is basically uh, self damning and the, the piece was about how our democracy is in jeopardy and these pieces are becoming uh more and more uh frequent and the, the this New York Times article says that there are two main reasons that a democracy is in jeopardy uh one is that there's a growing movement in one of the parties, the Republican Party where uh you don't accept, If you're the loser of the election, right, which means there can't be a peaceful transfer of power. Right. And that means that you have the end of your democracy. And then the second one, though, think about this. The second one is when the government does things that are unpopular. Right. So it's not a democracy because it's not rule of the people. Right. Because the government is doing not what the people want. Uh, and you, Dave, have done a good job of pointing this out in reference to your term sham democracy, which is what we already have. But while the the New York Times article points out Roe versus Wade, the overturning of Roe versus Wade as a prime example of the government doing things that are unpopular, because the majority of Americans think that women should have a right to an abortion, that, 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 that decision should not have been overturned. So it can't be rule of the people when the court overturns something that the people want. Um, I'm tra- I'm, trying, they,
0: I'm trying to find this article. Um, sure. Do, do just, you think it's well? You're trying to. Do you think ahead. it's an opinion piece or? Uh,
1: I, I'm. It probably was. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Go so ahead. while you're looking for that, though, I think you can catch on to this point pretty easy, which is. Um, That guess what issue that they they didn't bring up, which was legalizing marijuana, right? And that doesn't have anything to do with the Supreme Court. 68% of Americans, that's not even close to um, it being a divisive issue, right? I mean, anything over 60%, this is over two-thirds of the country think pot should be legal. 90% think that medical marijuana should be legal with a Democrat president and Democrats controlling both the Senate and the house, we don't even have federally legal medical marijuana. And of course the New York times doesn't emphasize this, doesn't make this point. And what article, I mean, uh, what publication do we think of as, as number one, when it comes to reefer madness, propaganda, (laughs) the New York times, which not that long ago, their front page article was about, you know, new high potency GHC leads to vomiting, <laughs> seizures, hallucinations and trips to the hospital. Am I am I a uh,
0: permanent brain not... damage of your child?
1: And so it's like, right. And, and what's another reason we don't have a have a democracy? The New York Times, right? Like the New York Times deliberately tries to contradict and and oppose what is obviously the will of the people right it's trying to tell you think that we know what's best we know what's better we are the educated we are the smart ones we know how to do research we know how to do clinical studies and we know how to parse through the data yeah um
0: I was just yeah,
1: if if anything is, is a threat to our democracy, <laughs> it's these junk publications and the and the uh the fake science that they propagate like the New York Times. And really all of it is the Pentagon press.
0: Yeah, so let's um let's did kill. you find it? Well, I, I'm I'm guessing uh, Republicans are showing contempt for the rules. The party is turning against a political commitment to fairness. Do you think that would be a?
1: No, no. It was much more explicit about the um, mm. threats to our democracy. Anyway, it it doesn't even matter yep. if you can find this particular specific article. There have been a number of articles along this theme of uh, threats to our.
0: Yeah, so go, um, uh, just picking up back up on your, uh, war mongering New York Times. Let's look and see what, uh, well, they do. Suddenly, um, Hurricane Fiona is on number one. It's pushed the war out. So I guess that's just the latest news. It's hidden, uh, Hurricane Fiona, uh, and uh, and then it's Queen Elizabeth II is buried at Windsor. Big news. She's underground or in her crypt or wherever the fuck they put her. God, man. Put her, put her head on a pike, I say. Um, that's probably what they did to Cromwell, right? Uh, <laughs> probably had his head on a pike for about three or four years. uh then they then oh of course yeah the next uh section after the uh, qe2 section uh russian strike damages hydroelectric station near second nuclear site uh yeah be afraid uh but of course maybe it's our weapons but yeah couldn't be that's not possible One big problem for Ukraine is clear glass. I guess there's a glass shortage. But uh, they'll soldier on to the last man. And uh, let's see. Yeah, so there's not a lot of uh, warmongering today, right at the top. Yep. Not at the top of the news, I guess for q e two they they uh held off for a little bit when people thinking about her continuing the monarchy worldwide now the billionaires the monarchs, of course, they're the real ones,
1: yeah, I mean in addition to uh the how boring um all of this is and uh stuffy and formal it's also just totally negative like you know the the queen has died and so it's everything is just sad and of course that's all it is there can't there's no look at death that in some ways we can celebrate the person's life we can be grateful that they were here we can we can't actually think that maybe this isn't all that there is, right? That this this life is a transition from something into something else. Of course, those are way out there ideas that alternative medicine people talk about, right? It's not a good Christian faith-based idea, uh, but there hasn't been any real attention to um how like grumpy and just kind of mean all these people seem to be like there's the they Harry one of the grandsons they didn't want him to participate in some of the things because he yeah. and his wife Megan Merkel who is I guess actually black, but she's a, a pretty fair-skinned black person but so the other royalty warrant, nice to megan and harry and they said forget you but it's not just the royalty i mean this is family like how can you tell like it's your grandmother you can't come to the funeral (laughs) like the whole rest of the world (laughs) has come to this funeral that's why it's taken so long and but you're going to tell the grandson that he can't come and like And this is why you really stand for something and we're the royalty. And uh, and the the other thing that maybe we should talk about is like Queen Elizabeth herself. And I mean, what just kind of a weirdo and caricature that she was. And they keep replaying this speech that she gave when she was in her 20s, I guess, shortly after she became queen. And it's just so self-serious and a... And we're going to dedicate myself to your service. And <laughs> like, is that really all that great? I mean, doesn't she seem kind of like uh, goofy? And what great things did she really do? And if you look at her generation, right, that came in at the end of the at the end of World War II, and then they go out here with climate change, pandemic. <laughs> war with Russia, bailout, 20-year war in Afghanistan. And if anybody was in there with us, it was the British, right, in that Afghanistan war. Yeah. Um, If there was any kind of coalition, it wasn't just the United States, the British were there with us. You kind of have to ask, like, Queen Elizabeth and her generation, like, what kind of world did they leave, like, from what they came into? And what had what did they leave behind? Like, will somebody please explain to me why Queen Elizabeth was so great?
0: Well, um, she uh, had that royal blood, man. She just had exactly. She had the stuff. She had the right stuff, right? She, her daddy jizzed upon her mommy, and um <clears throat> spawned
1: and isn't it amazing that isn't it one of her sons uh like andrew is is one of the sons who's like caught up in that uh that epstein
0: yeah um, scandal like yeah Ch- charles's brother and right yeah uh
1: so i mean that right there should um well i mean <laughs> just go back to henry the like you know that guy was just a, a nightmare By all accounts, a complete nightmare. And yet, here we are, how many, like 500 years later, and still this ogle and goggle uh, hierarchical way of thinking uh, seems just so bone deep with uh, humans. Like, I mean, who cares? Like Queen Elizabeth didn't have to do anything to be queen, right? Okay, I mean,
0: I've got a question.
1: She didn't have Qu- to win the electoral college.
0: Queen Elizabeth II, hot or not?
1: I'd say definitely not.
0: Mm-hmm. Why would you rate her on a scale of uh, one, one you're to treated, ten? Oh, this is
1: a trap. This is a liberal <laughs> trap. You're gonna call me. You're gonna <laughs> brand me a misogynist for playing like a babes <laughs> raider. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to get me to say something to like defend people in the Middle East, and that'll make me uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah. And there'll be a rift in the in the podcast, and there'll be a rift in the larger fabric of the culture. Right. But as we both know, it's because we spend so much time on social media sites that are really run by Russians. That's why we're having these problems. Uh. I think that Queen Elizabeth was pretty. I think she was nice looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, was she uh was she hot? I mean, not even close.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you still haven't given me the number. Um.
1: Yeah, I have to get back to you on that. Okay. Um, I'll have to I'll have to do my analytics and my number crunching.
0: 6 or 7 maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm being generous.
1: Hey, you said that, not me. <laughs> New York Times <laughs> blows the lid on misogynist podcast, Oblivion, where two middle-aged men uh, make uh, sexist jokes about uh, Queen Elizabeth and their royalty.
0: Yep, that's the next headline, New York Times front page but you know it was worth it now we're famous just hot or not that's all you got to do now
1: Uh, but yeah way too much attention way way too much attention um i mean it's one of the death of the queen is one of those things that you can it can be understandable that um this is going to be covered. And I mean, these things happen and we know the coverage will be over the top, but this is way beyond even the over the top that as television watchers, we kind of concede. And again, this, the, the, the comparison to Pakistan because they don't matter, right? It's incredible. Like you've got this one person, right? It's like Saddam Hussein (laughs) when, um, they uh that uh documentary that uh pbs did a few years ago that uh despite um problems that you were good about pointing out uh still did a pretty good job of showing how horrible the americans were and and how horrible that that war was and this you know this one woman asks um they just they go over all the destruction of, of Iraq, all the cities that are destroyed and the uh, all the people who were killed and the, like all of this over one person and it's the same thing over Queen Elizabeth like this one person dies and for a, over a week it's all people talk about and you've got millions of people in Pakistan who are still alive <laughs> and they don't matter. And their plight is directly connected to the plight of all of us. And just this worship of other people at the expense of of yourself and at the expense of humanity is uh, incredibly stupid.
0: It's a bummer, man.
1: It doesn't exactly uh, support the idea that media and information systems as we know it are doing us any good
0: they're zapping your brain man all right well uh zap us on out of here for
1: david verner this is dr david w overby and you've been listening to <clears throat> the oblivion podcast